Today on episode 62 of the Home of Play podcast, Sony has a bunch of new exclusives in the works. Ubisoft is leaning towards free-to-play games, and new rumors surface for Sony's PSVR 2. All that and more. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 62 of the Home of Play podcast. Where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid-for opinion stuff that you do not need here, which allows us to bring you the PlayStation news you actually want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by telling friends, family, and possibly mimes about the podcast and that they can find it on their favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, it's all because of lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, we want to hear from you. Please send any of those to our email, which is homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss the PSVR 2. Very exciting news, and we'll talk about later. On today's episode, we have six news articles to discuss, but first, as always, let us begin with what we've been up to this week, starting with Chris. Yeah, so uh, it's been a busy game week, actually, which is great. Uh, I think all of us have participated in the Resident Evil Village gameplay. Uh, so I guess we'll talk about that as a whole, uh, but I have played it, uh, I finished it, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, that was most of my gameplay this week. I don't think I really touched anything other than uh, last night, I right at midnight, or I think it was 11 o'clock actually, uh, I got access to the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So I started playing that, the, started the first Mass Effect again, made my character, did some of the intro stuff. Uh, for some reason, I was so tired. I literally fell asleep in the middle of a dialogue <laughs> of one of the the things. It was it was, made me smile. I woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm talking to an NPC. And then I'm like, okay, I gotta go to bed. I uh, played a little bit more this morning. Uh, I'm now Spectre status. Uh, so now I gotta go find and hunt Saren down. So really liking it. It looks really good. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look, I mean, like, you know, you can't compare it to like Resident Evil or current new age stuff but i think it looks pretty fine uh, i don't have any complaints about it right now i think there's even some of the visual bugs that were existed from the original version of the game there's one part where you're walking through a hallway and there's like leaves on the ground and the leaves are kind of like glitching in and out of existence <laughs> they're still there <laughs> so good old fall <laughs> <laughs> other than that uh, i'll talk about resident evil i guess when we all talk about it but that's pretty much it for me um how about you, Steve? What did you what do you uh what did you play this week? Uh this week I got to play more Ghost of Tsushima uh at the on the PS5, so it feels like a fresh take. Plus, you know, it's new game plus, so there's a few extra bonuses like the charms I was talking about last week that are fun. Uh but m- primarily most of my time this week was spent on just cruising through uh, Resident Evil Village like yourself. Uh and then today I didn't get enough time, but now that I've beaten Resident Evil, I re-downloaded, thank God for the PlayStation app, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I think I'm going to mentally convince myself just to plow through the story, stop doing anything open world. It's not rewarding, (laughs) so just stop it, do it, finish it, and then move on with my life and just 
cry and bitch until Chris buys Demon Souls to play with me. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's hey, my we future did, content. But hey, we actually did uh, do some like um, you did some share play with me where I could watch you uh, playing Resident Evil because I was a little bit ahead of you. Yes. So I, we did actually get to actually play something sort of. So that's well, that's and getting just us closer. That feature, right? yeah. Like I it think worked we really both well. enjoyed. Yes, that you could pin it whatever direction. Because at one point, me and you were both streaming our screens while both playing Resident Evil, which was only confusing because the audio. <laughs> yeah, the audio. So it was like a creature would be stalking me, and I was thinking it was like on Steve's end or vice versa. <laughs> and it's like we're we're both just standing still, completely terrified because we don't know yes. whose game is summoning the monster. <laughs> Well, and then I think I talked about last week that came to one of the bigger scares of the game was because I thought it was your <laughs> game. And then I turned around and the, the monster's like ripped chest is right in my face. And I <laughs> screamed like a little girl after you took her cookies away. But uh, yeah, no. So I just I think that's my game plan now. We'll see if it actually comes. There's a lot of times where I download things and then just, you know, when I finally sit down and look at it, I'm like. I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, beat Resident Evil. That was my main thing to finish this week. Uh, did it a lot earlier or a lot faster than most uh, the average playthrough time I heard. But uh, I also don't stop for every collectible. So it kind of makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, that was my week. Uh, on top of that, Curtis has now joined us. So he oh, was wow. a part Curtis of the intro. joins the party. <laughs> but uh, we're going to find out what Curtis was up to this week. A little bit more busy than normal, actually. So I got back into GTA V, I think I mentioned last time I was Mm, on. So I've been getting a little bit more time into there. So I am, I think, farther than where I was the last time I played many years ago. So that's okay. It runs nicely. So at least I'm not having issues with that. That's Uh, a game that like holds up. Like it's it's, it's it's going to be good good. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think last week, right before Resident Evil came out, the Metro Exodus PC Enhanced Edition came out because they're getting it before the consoles. So I started playing some of that finally. So I think I put a couple hours into that so far, but yeah, it's it's okay. It's a Metro game. If you haven't played the other ones, then you know it's more of the same, basically. Or I think that's the one played. I played. I didn't play the original, or I had played the original, but... My computer wasn't good at the time, so it's like I couldn't even play it. And then I think Exodus is the one I played, but I can't remember. Yeah, because this is the third one now. The original version of the first game was awful to play because the guns felt like they had nothing to it. It wasn't Mm. until they had like that Redux version that it was actually kind of fun to play. I can't remember which one I played. (laughs) It's either 2033, Last Light, or Exodus. One of the... Yeah, one of them. And then, much like you guys, I did dabble in the Resident Evil 8. Um, I'm not done it yet. I know both of you are. I am I think I'm at the last... I'm about to start the last area, like the factory. But mm. I basically just finished the third boss, the swamp area. I just finished that. But unlike Steve, I am actually trying to find everything. I'm going Same. through... I, yeah, even all the the valuables, the ones that you can combine, I'm making sure to not sell them so that I get my triple or quadruple amount of money from that and trying to get all yeah, the upgrades I and all that. Up that necklace. <laughs> yeah, no, I just finished that one. So that sold for a bunch of money. I think I got one of the gems for that necklace early 
And then I didn't realize, uh, actually, I didn't even realize the whole um, craft, not craftable. What was the Combining. term they used? Combinable. Thank you. I, I didn't realize like until you told me that, Chris, to look for that on items. So yeah. I must have sold the first piece. Then I got the necklace. Then I got the second piece. So I was able to combine the one piece with the necklace. But I was like, well, whatever. I'm at the end of the game. What do I care anymore? Yeah, who really cares at that point? Yeah. But yeah, I'm not. Not done, like I said, but hopefully this weekend I should be able to finish. So we'll see. Yeah, you're not probably too far away. I mean, the factory's a hell along. Uh, like a friend that won't leave your house, it just overstays its welcome. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like once you're done the factory, there's not much left after that. So No, I figured there isn't. So, Steve, you and I finished it without doing yeah. any spoilers. Um, what were some of your highlights uh, or lowlights for the game? I think I echo a lot of the opinions I hear online. Uh, I think this game is no less than good. I, I think I went far enough to juvenilely put it as hella good. Uh, I don't think it's great. I do think it has issues, uh, but it's no less than really good. Uh, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's well preserved in my mind as being better than it probably is just because the technical feats it achieves. Uh, is it a pretty game? Most of the time, yes. Uh, I do think, at least I can only speak from a PS5 perspective, but I did have tons of frame rate issues. Like this game is riddled with frame rate issues. I only found out after the fact that if you turn off ray tracing, it performs much better. And then you're closer to that 60 frames per second. Um, and really, like, I kind of thought about it later. I'm like, this game, at least for the PS5 version, I can't speak for the PC, kind of has fake ray tracing anyway. Like, you know, mirrors don't do anything. So I kind of, you know, I feel like it has a worse ray tracing system than Spider-Man uh, in that regard. So then I'm like, yeah, I might as well have just turned it off and it had a smoother, more enjoyable gameplay. Uh, but overall, when you go indoors, this game looks fin like fantastic, you know, I would actually say that even my wife would chime in every once in a while when you'd be in a dungeon with bricks and stuff. And she would just be like, wow, that's almost like photorealistic. So that's great. Most of the time, like, you know, I can never say her name, but the tall vampire lady, <laughs> Demetresca, I, I feel like, I, you know, her face was amazing. Uh, all the motion capture stuff's great. But then there'd be that odd character, like the Duke, whose face is overly shiny. And it was just odd putting like i found it off putting that this the part of his stomach gut that like hangs out felt like a totally different texture than his face his face and head were shiny but this thing's like dull and bland and i'm like i get it from like an animation side but just a little I, again i'm very highly critical on that kind of stuff that like gets me out but overall it, it's great technically uh i i really enjoy the gameplay uh surprisingly I, I didn't know how it'd be compared to seven i never played seven um i only watched it be played uh by you chris for a little bit uh story again it's one of those things where i was higher on the start of it i really enjoy the castle i enjoy the two areas after the castle or at least i enjoyed the second area still a high point then the third was a little meh fourth i hated uh absolutely hated overstays its welcome uh, I just think it's the weakest point of the game. And then it kind of comes back to that main area near the end. Um, the village itself is really good, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, like I, I, with the highs and lows, and I, I would say the weakest point about it is the story. But again, I think most Re- Resident Evil fans agree that like the story is never really the high point with these things. Uh, so it, you know, if I had to rate it right now, I would say it's probably like a seven point five for me. Uh, I don't think it's a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's the best Resident Evil either. Uh, but in a time when there's not a lot for me to play, it was really enjoyable. I never had a moment where I'm like, I don't want to play this, which I'm surprised by. I didn't know how I'd come to this game just because it's not typically my style. Uh, so yeah, I was overall over. Wow. Overall impressed by it. Uh, and yeah, like I would contemplate playing it again, which is, you know, a good sign as well. Uh, yeah, I just think it, I just wish the story was a little bit better. It wasn't so simplistic. I, I honestly, it was funny talking to you, Chris, and brainstorming about like, oh, what if this is that? And what if blah, blah, blah. I feel like I wrote a better script kind of bouncing off you when, you know, when I got the answers to the questions I had, I was just like, oh, really? Like, it feels like anyone would have wrote that. Like, but whatever. It's fine. Uh, but anyway, Chris, what's your take on this? Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely knee deep in Resident Evil. Uh, not lore per se, but I I enjoy the Resident Evils. Uh, this one's uh, uh a very good success for me. Um, my the my top Resident Evil games are probably obviously RE four. Uh, I really enjoyed Code Veronica. Uh, and then the remaster of Resident Evil two was just amazing. Uh, so those like three would be up there. I would put this one up there with them as well. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, some of the shining parts for me was, so I think, I think you maybe lose out a little bit when having not played seven, because there definitely is a a decent amount of connection to seven. I didn't even do the DLC in seven. So I feel like I'm still missing a few of the, the Chris related stuff. Um, but I think you might miss out a little bit if you haven't already played seven, that that's a, a definite thing. So I think the, the main criticism of seven I had was that I didn't like Ethan. I don't, I think most people left that game, not really giving a shit about the guy. And I was like, okay, I don't want another story with this. And then even when we started seeing the trailers and it's like, we're playing as Ethan again. I think, I I don't think I'm alone where a lot of people were just like, "Eh." it's like, I'd rather play somebody else altogether. The one good thing about this new game uh, village. uh, I think they redeemed Ethan in my eyes. I actually started to like the guy uh, by the end of the game, and I started caring about his story, which I think is hard to do in a game where you're already going in not giving a shit about the guy. Uh, So that was one thing I really liked. Um, I'm trying to not spoil anything. So I really liked the, what is that, the Village of Shadows, that that storybook that they tell? Yeah. I like having played the game and then rewatching that scene uh, with the book. It was like, oh, I see what you're doing there. I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, I, I won't go into too much of it, but I, I, I thought that was a cool tie-in. Um, the bosses, I, I thought they were pretty creative in some ways. Um, some areas were pretty fast. Uh, I don't know. It, just overall, I, I I really enjoyed the and the gameplay was really good too. Like that was I I I, I was a little worried about it because definitely RE7 
it was a little bit more slower pace or a lot more slower pace to be honest actually than this one but this one it, it made it work and it's like i'm getting good at it where it's like i can run around using the knife eff efficiently <laughs> so oh no i i agree i think um I honestly, and not that I'm saying two is a bad game at all. I, I enjoyed two as well, uh, remake. But um, I almost, I could see myself being like, "Oh, this would have been cool to play it like this in Resident Evil 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love so that. I do RE think this engine. is a winning system. Yeah, RE Engine's great. Oh, uh, I want like t more, more games. I wish games outside of Capcom were made with that engine because it just there's like that. You know, the money shot right at the beginning of the game when you like first you're like climbing through all those trees and you get the one shot of like the village and the castle. Oh, I was like screenshot. Cause this shit looks so good. And then there's like the, the waterfall by the mansion, uh, like the yes, second boss. I, area. I was like, yeah. I just stared at it. I'm like, this is like, you look at some games nowadays, their waterfalls are just shit in my eyes. But that waterfall was like, mm, amazing. So good. I think if you <laughs> click on my profile on in the PSN or whatever, uh, yeah, the, I also took a screenshot of the castle, so that's nice. my background right now. I bet you tons of people did, because it just looks so good. So, uh, on the downside for the game, I don't have a lot. There, like, like, you can get into the nitpicky things like you were talking about. There are yeah. a lot of little things. Um, functionally, the game seems to work fine. I didn't have any, like, bugs. I didn't have frame rate issues like you did, but maybe I turned off the ray tracing. I can't remember if I did or not. So, uh, my only... I think issue, and I've seen other people kind of mention it, is the not necessarily the inventory management, but the store manage like purchasing and stuff like that. That menu system is not that great. Like when you're trying to put uh, like hand him fish or hand him meat, it's not like it's not as obvious. I've, I watched one streamer do like three or four different uh, uh, things, and they didn't realize like you had to press like F to like hand in the ingredients and they're like they're like i don't know how this isn't working they're just not realizing and then it's just it, the menu could be cleaned up a little bit i think but like even that's kind of a nitpicky thing um yeah i think there's yeah there's very little that i i just didn't want or i thought they did good the audio i thought was really good too yes i actually uh, if i can just interject yeah go ahead no go ahead um I forgot to mention before, before I finished RE8 or Village or whatever, um, my PlayStation 5 Pulse 3D headphones came in. So I did get to beat the game trying those because, you know, it was great to have a game that, you know, actually has the feature for 3D audio. And yeah, what a what a difference. The immersion level of... I had, like you, Chris, issues where if too much light was coming to my house, that game's really dark and it's hard to see. I actually found without having closed the curtains because I was too lazy to get up. Um, the 3D audio actually helped me detect people a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just lot. like, "Oh, this is great!" So that was amazing. So you're right. I I just want to shout out to the audio as well. Very good. Yeah, I think I'll probably leave my it there for me. Uh, as far as a rating goes, I'm kind of up there. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then I'm trying to compare like my other games I've rated it to, like. You know, Ghost of Tsushima, I think we gave it like a 10. and But I mean, that's such a different type of game. So yeah. it's like, I'm kind of around the 9 for me. Maybe even 9.5, just because I really enjoyed it. But I, it's definitely a solid 9 for me. I, I don't have too many complaints. There are some different story things they do that are kind of out there. Um, but yeah, I won't get into that. But what, yeah. what are you giving 7? 
what would I have given seven? Yeah, uh, probably just a seven. Really? You're like, yeah, that's odd. I, I feel like the overwhelming majority preferred seven, but I also don't know if that's more of like it was fresh at the time to do first person it was, Resident Evil. It was a PSVR tech demo to me. Like it was, it, it was its own game, but I felt like they were more leaning towards like we got to make this thing really work with the VR system. And I feel like the game maybe suffered a little bit because of that. So uh, it was a good game. Uh, I don't have too many issues with it. It's just, it was, I even replayed it a couple times too. I just, it, overall, like a, I got to do like a Resident Evil grading system. It was probably like a seven or 7.5 for me. All right, Curtis, I know you haven't been it yet, but what are your thoughts? The, Technically, I'll, I guess I'll start with that um, because I'm kind of the biased opinion here, whereas I run on PC. I have had zero issues technically, like I'm running basically max settings, ray tracing on everything, and I'm getting with, again, my beast of a computer, which I finally got a new processor in too, um, like I'm running 90 to 100 frames. So like I have zero issues, no drops, no nothing. Um, I don't think it looks any different than consoles. It shouldn't in terms of like texture quality and any of that do so your mirrors mirror though <laughs> like my question as far as i remember no it's it's okay. more just light and yeah some of your shiny hardwood floors it's more noticeable in the castle than anything else yeah um, honestly the part that kind of bothers me the most is especially a lot of the um what's the word i'm looking for and when they were revealing everything and even all the promotional stuff that they got, it's all the castle. It's all Lady Dimitrisk. It's all that. And it was barely a quarter of the game. That's the part that kind of bothered me the most is they kind of, yeah, put all this effort into her and then realize that, oh, she's only the first boss. That really kind of disappointed me. And the other sections that I've done so far, not having done Heisenberg's area yet, um, they're very short. <laughs> they're they're very short. They have really not a lot to them. The bosses were not even the characters. Like they weren't nearly as like fleshed out in my opinion as her. So that oh for sure really kind of bothered me. But in terms of gameplay and everything, yeah, like I I prefer this one a lot better. I like the fact that it uh, actually gives you the option to craft your own ammo and not have to worry about. Oh, am I going to run out in this fight? Because he's like, oh, look at that. I have enough gunpowder and rusted scrap. I can make my own ammo. So that was fine. Uh, it definitely... Not that I really get scared in games, though, but it definitely wasn't as scary, in my opinion, as 7. Like, 7, especially being, like Chris was saying, a PSVR tech demo, it, or at least could be taken that way. I could understand how they were trying to make that one more scary, especially the mold. Like, they kind of just seemed like that more of a horror-esque kind of monster, whereas the lichens there, yeah, okay, it's a werewolf, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, having where I'm at now, because I don't know how the story really finishes, I'm hovering, yeah, somewhere around the 8 area, like Steve, so... Mm -hmm. But we'll see what it's like when I actually finish it. I might hate the story because, yeah, it's really nothing special at this point. Um, I'm very interested in your take on the factory <laughs> when you get through it. And even, like, Chris's comments about Ethan, I could stare. I could still not give a shit about him. He's 
probably the most uninteresting character I've ever played. Half the time I forget that I'm even playing Ethan Winters because it's just... Oh, I, I can't forget because every character <laughs> says his name in every sentence of every piece of dialogue. I've never heard someone's name said so many... I thought my name was Ethan Winters. And by the end, I'm just like signing my name, Ethan Win Oh, jeez, that's not my not name. I must not just be paying attention to when anyone's talking. <laughs> it's just, Every oh, time just someone person. sees him... Ethan Winters. <laughs> Every time. Like, I'm just like, you know, Heisenberg's talked to him like six times and it's just like more Ethan Winters. I'm just like, I'm like, he knows his name. You don't have to remind him. He's this guy's not suffering from dementia. What is going on here? Getting back to your point, though, I would I didn't mention it before, but yeah, I'd agree with you, Curtis. I thought Ethan was completely forgettable. He it was weird to me. It was almost off putting where I found his dialogue almost seemed like he had no direction like nobody he was just recording from home and he's like yeah i think this sounds good where i feel like all the villains had much better you know uh, i don't want to say like i just feel like they delivered better if that makes any sense i just think they were better voice actors as a whole i just felt like everything he did was hollow like no i just, <laughs> I'm just feel like, like they, okay they didn't put a lot into him because even like the amount of times that they're just beating him up, too. It's like, <laughs> do they hate this guy that much? Yeah. Well, no other yeah, character it's... has been abused as much as Ethan. <laughs> his hands. What is up with his hands? Spoilers. Like, ah, that's not spoilers. Even in seven, we could start with his hands. It was in the first five minutes. Like, it's just this. <laughs> I get it. It's first perspective. So it's like. You can't do a lot to his feet. You're not going to see them. <laughs> so whatever, it's fine. But yeah, I, I, yeah, there's there's critiques to be made, obviously. Um, but I do think I'm coming off overwhelmingly negative. Uh, I don't want that. Uh, it is still a really good game. I, I do want to say that it plays great. Uh, I think I just need to turn off ray trace, and I think it would have even played better. Um, I had fun with most of the areas. Like I said, it was just the last one that kind of like overstate its welcome um and yeah like ethan's kind of weak and the storyline's weak but i think if you're interested in resident evil i don't think you're coming for the story 90 percent of the time anyway yeah maybe i mean this is coming from me who's like read uh all those books that were based off the original game so like i you know i'm in the lore i think the only one i was not in the lore for was six i couldn't give a crap about i thought that's the worst resident evil by far for me uh you know five would be a close second and then uh seven i just it, the theme of that game didn't speak to me and that's i think the only reason i didn't go to it um but i did watch like a refresher online before i started eight just because i had a feeling you know same character i probably should know some of the happenings before i get into it all i know for sure is i will be replaying it when i'm done because i want to get all the guns i want to get everything yeah, I think Chris will probably join you in that uh, the yeah. replayability. So yeah, I definitely started a second game already. Uh, apart from getting distracted with Mass Effect, so I did pretty good on my first run. Like I didn't use a guide or anything. I only missed one uh, paper log, like of the forty-seven I think that are in the game. I only missed one, and I missed three goats. I saw <laughs> that. The, like the yeah. So I was like, damn, I did pretty good. <laughs> so. Uh, there was a couple, I think, like rooms at the end that I missed an item and it was like a, a room that I couldn't get back into. But from what I could tell, it was just probably like bullets or something. It wasn't anything major. So, 
Okay, so I think that's about all we have to say about Resident Evil. Uh, we look forward to Curtis finishing Resident Evil Village. Uh, but overall, based on, like, you know, two of us beat it out of the three, uh, I just want to see, like, do you recommend people buy this? Like, and I'm talking about the average person. Curtis, I'll start with you. Because of its length, I want to say no. Like, it's... it's but I want to say yes. I don't know. Because of replayability. Torn. It's, yeah, like there's, it's very easy to get back into it. It's so far very quick, but I know that there's other things to do. I'll say what I'm going to say. I think it's, it's a little pricey. Um, I think if you haven't played seven before, the experience in eight will be a little bit hindered because of that. It, I think the game is going to have replayability. I don't think Steve or I both tried the mercenaries mode yet. I'm not. Um, I, I thought you'd be more into that. I'm not a very much a points guy, so I have no interest in mercenary. Yeah. So I think if you're a fan of Resident Evil, you're going to get it anyway. The the average everyday person, they could probably wait for at least a pr- one price drop, probably, and then. Yeah, get I it. will say like, I appreciate it didn't come out with the next gen pricing. Yeah. Probably because it came out on old consoles as well. Yeah. I think overall, most people are probably going to have an enjoyable time. I'd be. It'd be more interest. I think more people would be interested if they had the VR option. Uh, maybe that's coming. I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. PSVR two, PSVR two. Yeah, I would recommend it. Like you guys said, it's an easy recommend if you're a Resident Evil fan. Um, even if you have a next gen console and you just want to push the limits and see what your thing can do, I'd recommend that point. Is it a shorter game? Yes, but. I could ease way more easily recommend this one over Resident Evil three, which was full price and just un. I couldn't recommend that one for how long it was. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you there. I think this game has replayability. I think I, people would replay it. So yes, and I think from again my final thoughts, gameplay wise, I enjoyed myself the entire time. Yes, the last area didn't speak to me, but I still enjoyed myself. Like I, I do want to say that like. I, I tend to get highly critical, but I, I loved the feel of this, you know, with the 3D audio, the advanced triggers, haptic feedback, the, the HDR, the ray tracing, like, it's a showcase piece for sure. Like, if, you know, if someone came over and said, well, what can the PS5 do? I'd take them to any of the dungeons in the castle. So, I think that's all we have to say. So, we're going to move on to the show. This one's going to be a little longer episode, but, uh, you know, pack a lunch, buckle up buckaroo and let's do <laughs> so we're moving on to the news chris you missed number one sony has 25 new exclusives in the works currently this one comes from vgc sony interactive entertainment has said that there are over currently over 25 first party playstation 5 games in development former Gorilla games head herman holst who currently serves as playstation studios boss revealed the figure in a new wired feature While Sony is known to be working on sequels including Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7, Hulse told the publication that nearly half the first-party projects in development are entirely new IP. Exciting. This one's in quotes. There's an incredible amount of variety originating from different regions, he said. Big, small, different genres. Sony said in March that is funding an original IP from a AAA startup studio established by former Stadia Games boss Jade Raymond, and in April it announced it had signed an original multiplayer project from Firewalk, a new studio funded by Bungie Veterans. Hulst recently told GameIndustry.biz that he's very interested in creating a diverse slate of titles. 
I think that the games that we make are distinct and diverse as they can be. He said from Sackboy to Astro Bot to Dreams to the, these kinds of games that you're referring to, like The Last of Us Part 2, Ghost of Tsushima. And we can bet that we will currently carry on making these games because they are the heart and soul of what we do here at PlayStation Studios. But at the same time, we are just as committed to making these quality experiences as we are to experimentation and to coming up with fresh ideas. That was such a mouthful that uh, I'm going to let you start, Chris. <laughs> and are you excited for these exclusive titles? Absolutely. I want to see a Legend of the Dragoons sequel <laughs> or a remake. It's not going to happen. But I'm just going to throw that out there because I really want it to happen. But I guess the more worried part inside me right now is the the whole you know the stories we're hearing about all they want is triple a titles that's all they want uh this sort of seems a little contrary to that um but yeah as i'm i guess that's where i'm a little concerned where it's like they're saying 25 exclusives are they going to cut half of those at some point or are we actually going to see 25 exclusives i i don't know I, i'm excited to see what they're going to do um i want more games i want more games for my ps5 i want them i mean it, it, we could go back and you know previous weeks there was an you know i think it was um i think it was jim ryan made you know an announcement basically or in one of his interviews where he casually said you know their plan is to have more exclusives for the ps5 than any other generation before uh so i would hope to see the 25 that they're talking about here uh, but I, I do think you kind of you got ahead of me. Uh, one of my questions <laughs> was going to be uh, exactly what you brought up. And uh, I do think this exact news article is almost him coming out in a weird way, almost putting the finger to the Bloomberg article where, oh, they only want blockbusters, only AAA yeah. games. Curtis, like, do you agree to me? Does this seem kind of like almost a response so like that kind of like, no, no, we're not making just this. We're, you know, back in Sackboy. We're back in Returnal. These new experiences that, you know, it's not just Last of Us yeah, 2. Yeah, it's definitely got that vibe heavily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially since like, it's definitely, it seems very much like their rebuttal. is like, oh yeah, well, you say this. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll back this. Look, we'll take anything. Ha ha ha. My only fear is like, you know, okay, what are the 25 and like, what do they mean by exclusives? Are we still are, like, was Return included in that list? Um, you know, is Stray included in that list? Like, I'm only worried. It's like when I start thinking about all these other little games, like um, let's say Kenya Bridge of Spirits. Uh, you know, is that part of this list? Um, you know, when you start breaking it down with the sequels and these indie exclusives, how many really new IPs? Like, am I going to be excited about? Yeah. Um, there's always that, that worry, current. right? There's always yes. that worry. They're talking about 25 exclusive indie games, which I'll be honest, there are good indie games. We know we've seen them. Uh, but how many indie games get looked overlooked because they're just, you know, so simple or they're yeah. just the idea just there's so little interest in that, like the the unique thing that somebody made. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I guess yeah, that's my worried. I, I like I don't, which is weird. I guess we're kind of fighting with ourselves. It's like I don't want twenty five games that are all going to be AAA titles either. But I mean, uh, I guess yeah, we're. I think I'm kind of in my head. I'm debating myself right now. It's like yeah, I, of course I want AAA titles, but should I want AAA titles? I I don't mind not. AAA titles, but like 
let's, you know, in a perfect world, I hope they're all AAA. I know they're not. But my thing is, like, let them be different genres. Take risks. Yeah. You know, Bloodborne was a risk, and it's fantastic. You know, it can still be a AAA title, but be something different. Yeah. Returnal's AAA to me, but it's different. Does it speak to me? No. I'll never play it, but I respect the hell out of it. I think it tried to go for something that I can tip my hat to easily. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do want support for different things. Uh, I just, yeah, I want quality experiences. You know, like I'm the type of player that I want. The story is the number one important thing to me. Uh, I, you know, gameplay is a close second, but that's why I think I never really love indie games because, you know, a lot of them do try, but the way the story is conveyed to me doesn't always communicate well. You know, if you have an indie game and it's got, you know, the text-based, I'm like, I just... I have a hard time getting into that, right? I want to be immersed. You know, when I'm playing Resident Evil Village, you know, I have characters and lives are on the line and they're yelling in my face and they're like, I'm <laughs> dying. Your character's <laughs> like, fingers are getting bit off. And, yes, and I'm like, I'm in it. I'm immersed and I'm like, and you know, again, that's just me. I'm a special case. I like these single player experiences. I'm less and less getting into multiplayer. So yeah, I want these AAA titles, but I know I'm okay with double A's as well. There's sometimes I really enjoy a good double A game. Curtis, do you have any final thoughts on this? Does anything, you know, strike your fancy? More just your comment right there that you like story is most important. But there's a lot of indie games where their story is like their bread and butter. Like there's certain ones that that's what they're known for. Like their gameplay might be god awful or there might be no gameplay at all. But it's it's all story. And I'm surprised. But yes, like I think to your point, Curtis, there's games that are like indie games still but they're very narrative heavy it's just my point and maybe i didn't get it across it's just like i need a game that like really like for me and this is only me speaking is like i need development in like immersing me like resident evil 8 like you know they have fa- like facial capture uh, technology they got the voice actors that are just hitting points of like conveying that dialogue that's going to suck me in uh, I think that's what I'm kind of referring to, where if you have, you know, some games that you're saying are fine, but a lot of indie games rely on, you know, text-based, and I just, I personally have a hard time getting it and, you know, getting sucked in by that. Gotcha. But other than other than that kind of, you know, intriguing comment there, it was more just, uh, yeah, exclusives are fine, because at least it's something that can showcase what the console can do. If there's anything that... You know another nice way to get those triggers maybe if we can get a driver implementation for pc that'd be great but yeah. i feel like that's not going to happen but just anything to yeah entice more purchases for the console because it's yeah it's got a bunch of unique features and if these are the games to do it then at least you can do it but as yeah and agreeing with you it ha- it can't all be a shooter like you can't tell me there's no other good way for it to use those triggers like if it's just 25 more call of duties then oh my god kill me <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I feel, actually sony's weaker point is first person shooters so i know i do at least have good i have good um feeling that uh good feeling that uh it's not going to be shooters at least okay well hopefully this june i would pray that sony does some kind of you know state of play and has their own e3 thing that's me being optimistic Probably not, sadly. We might have to wait to July or August. I know EA, I think, is waiting until July. Um, and then maybe we'll know more of these exclusives or at least have a better idea of the rollout. But until then, we're going to move on to number two.
are Valve games coming to a PlayStation near you? This one comes from Push Square. Valve could have projects in the works for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, with Gabe Newell hinting that we'll get a better idea of what is or what it has planned by the end of the year. Bizarrely, the veteran executive made the statement during a high school assembly where he was asked by a student, will Steam be putting any games on consoles or will it just stay on PC? It's a strange question because Steam is obviously a PC-based storefront that's owned and maintained by Valve. We're going to assume the student is referring specifically to the Valve development teams behind Half-Life and Portal here, and Gabe answered as such. Because we can't imagine any platform holder would allow a competing storefront on their console. The obvious title that Newell could be referring to is Half-Life Alex, which we're hopeful will release on Sony's next-gen PSVR headset. Of course, it's possible Valve may have something new in the pipeline scheduled to be announced later this year. So, yeah, uh, I don't see why Valve personally would put their games on a console. That doesn't. It would be sense. the first time. Do you remember the orange box? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's the orange box. Yeah, and that did. So it's not good a possibility. Because that's the thing. Like Valve is such an interesting creature because it doesn't have to do anything it doesn't want to, and clearly, right? <laughs> yeah, because they don't care that you want a Half Life Three. They don't care to make games. They stop. Then they come back. Suddenly, there's Half Life. Uh, Alex, right? That was the one. Uh, which. Getting ahead of myself here, I absolutely would love to see that get to the PSVR 2 mm-hmm. uh, or whatever they end up calling it. That would be great. I know that game got some people rated 10 out of 10. Some people said it was their game of the year of that year. I would love to see it come there. But, you know, otherwise, yeah, like, like we already kind of had Portal on consoles. Like Valve is, in my eyes, is no longer a gaming company. Like yeah. they make they make very few games, very few games. I mean, you look at the team that developed Left for Dead, Left for Dead Two. They had to go off and make their own other game that was a Back for Blood that's coming out soon. Yes. Yeah, they had to go off, start their own new, I think, new studio. Mm-hmm. They had most of their team members from the Left for Dead people, so it's like they had to because I'm I'm just speculating here that, <laughs> but I'm just saying Valve probably wasn't letting them do what they wanted to do, so they had to go off and make another game company. So yes. I don't know. I don't. Do I care for Valve games to go on console? No, because to be honest, like I said, the, their selection of games is pretty minimal. I've never been a big Half-Life guy. I think I missed the craze. And when I did jump on it, I didn't see what people were crazed about. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I am at. <laughs> no, I 100% understand because I feel like everything you just said is exactly with me and Bioshock. Like, by the time I got to Bioshock, by the time it was on a Sony console, all that stuff, I was kind of like, why was everyone freaking out about this? Like, what about the gameplay so unique? I, I don't understand. I'm talking to a radio for a whole game. Um, so I do get that, because I also don't get Half-Life. Um, though Alex interests me, like I said before, you know, fine. But you're right. Like, unless he's referring to future games that they possibly might be making, then making the jump to console great for that but yeah as of now we have half-life alex and i can't think of anything else other than portal 2 that may have not come to it but i can't remember if it was portal 1 or portal 2 that was in the orange box no, it was but, portal 1 you know one yeah. okay so then maybe portal 2 never jump but otherwise what what else do they have to come to console right now right curtis like am i crazy well i know i was just looking back on it when you guys were talking too like the only thing the orange box was released on it was ps3 an Xbox 360, but it was only physical. There was no digital version, so you can't even play it on really? PS Now. 
I wonder if that's like a digital store f- fight in a sense where it's like Valve being a digital store, being the number one person that already takes 30 per- 30% of the revenue from these people being like, couldn't comprehend like Sony getting 30% from them. And like, how dare you? Yeah, so-, so I'm wondering if that was an awkward issue where they're like, no, no, we know how this works. We're not going to get played. That'd be like, skip the dishes, letting DoorDash steal 30% from them when they already take 30% yeah. from the restaurant. Could have been their way of actually, yeah, trying to get those sales on the console, just release it digitally, or sorry, physically in a big bundle. But mm-hmm. yeah, for recent ones, like because you can't play physical games from PS3 on a PS5, like no backwards compatibility with that, there is no way to play them. So that makes more sense now. But yeah, they, they haven't actually released anything. There was... Yeah, what was the last thing? Portal 2. And then, well, yeah, now Half-Life it, Alex. The funny yeah. the funny thing is, right now, I have Steam up in front of me, and I actually went to the Valve developer to look at the, their list of games that they have. There's 32 games. I think half of them are, like... Okay, Counter-Strike mods. They're Counter-Strike mods, or tech demos, or... Steam gift cards apparently counts as <laughs> as one of their things. Like yeah. they, they develop they, those. <laughs> I'll be honest. They they make hits. They make hits. Uh, so you got games like Half Life. You got games like Portal, Left for Dead, uh, Alien Swarm was a great uh, free game. Dota Two. People freaking love that thing. Counter Strike and Half Life Alex is the most recent thing. But in the last twenty two years, it's been. It says like I said, thirty two games, but it's really more like half that probably after you release skip all the mod stuff so it's like do i need this content on my i don't want to say powerful ps5 but uh, do i need these on my ps5 no if they were to make it like a big bundle kind of like the orange box just make it a big what would they bundle everything alex and yeah they could bring back the old ones you know portal one portal two Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2.5 or whatever the heck they ended up calling that one. Uh, or maybe they were character episodes. I can't remember how they titled them, but Episode whatever. 1, Episode 2. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah, you're right. They could do a big old smorgasbord pack and just hop it at you. But Throw everything, like even the original Half-Life, Counter-Strike. Put those on. I, still I mean, if it. Sony is willing to put games on PC, then it's not an impossibility, clearly. And like we brought up, with the orange box, it has happened before. It's just, yeah, I guess the debate's more like, are they putting new things that are currently being developed or are we getting just the two new releases or are we getting nothing or a box of everything old? Maybe even a gift card in there because they developed that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who's to say? I, You know, I look at Valve in regard to like how I used to feel about Blizzard before Activision, uh, you know, did what they did to them <laughs> and i uh, you know back in the day blizzard was the same thing they made hits like you said chris they could take their time i mean god help me look at the time between diablo 2 and diablo 3 uh and yeah typically when they released something it was massive and that's what valve kind of did but then valve slowly just turned into that dragon that fell asleep and never yeah. came back for valve, years. valve is a storefront mm-hmm Kind of like Konami is a pinko ma- plinko <laughs> machine or whatever they call that. Yep, plinko. Plinko. So instead of plinko, we move on to number three. Curtis, please. A shiny new coat of paint for the DualSense controller. And this one's from Destructoid. The PlayStation 5 has been out for a while now. And those looking to pick up player two, player three controller 
a player 2, player 3 controller, we'll finally be getting some options to change the color scheme up. PlayStation announced today that two new colors for the PlayStation 5's DualSense are arriving next month, Cosmic Red and Midnight Black. PlayStation says both colors will be available at retailers starting next month. Though date will vary by location, you can check out the PlayStation site for more details. Ooh, Chris, I think Yay! you're excited for some colors. Get rid of this white crap. Red. I like the names. I like the names because it's really just red, red and black. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is great. Uh, I, I'm i wondering, Chris, do you regret having a second controller now that you could have waited and got a colored controller? No. It doesn't bother me as much anymore. I don't... doesn't... Nah, I don't care. I mean, I would rather have black, but it's still... It's not going to go with the console until we yeah. get new skins for the system. So, uh, I... Whatever. I'm not in any hurry. I definitely want one, but... I'll get one eventually. Like, I, I probably will get the midnight black when the, even the red one look good like they both and like look i don't good. have to yeah and, I, and when i don't have to fight people for them because i have a feeling like everything else the playstation 5 had accessory wise it was just gone uh so yeah like it's not a big news article it's an it's a fun one uh, you know yeah. i'm excited i'm i don't have a second controller so yeah like i said when the midnight black's easily accessible i'll pick one up for sure um i love you know how long these batteries last compared to the ps4 those Although, were hard dark days. I, I was telling uh, Steve about this earlier, playing Returnal with those new controllers. Ugh, it takes a beating for like battery, like because that game is like everything is like haptic feedback and like it's like dialed up to 11 on that game. Uh, you can go through a controller pretty quick on that game. Like I, it was fully charged when I started. And I think after I think I did maybe five hours, it was like giving me the warning that it was going to be dead. So. When you get still something 30 minutes longer than the PS4, even in rest mode, <laughs> the PS4 was so rough, man. No, no, you're over exaggerating that. No, you're nostalgia for that thing. That thing sucked. I'd play four hours of any game and that thing was like beeping at me. I it could just but, be again. It was a comfortable old, control. Old, well, that's I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I only bought, I think, two controllers for that console. Curtis, if you had to pick a color, what are you getting? More? Uh, well, I don't know. The black is so nice, but the red is just nice standout. It does and look like, good too. Like, I like it does. I'd, I'd probably get red because eventually I will buy one and I'll probably just end up getting red. I wonder by the time you get one, if there's just going to be a bundle. Well, f yeah. Well, so like the problem is usually, yes, the bundles come with like, you know, they're bundled with the game. So you get this console that looks special and the, con the colors can be special. Like I think the... Um, was it the PS uh, Spider-Man for the PS4? You got a red controller. Um, so, like, typically that's how most people get their color controllers. But with these console li limitations, like, you can't find them anywhere. You know, you're, you're probably not going to get that. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I guess may many people might be just getting a plain old PlayStation 5 and then later buying a color controller for it. Spray painting theirs at or home. Or you'll be backwards <laughs> like me and get your controller first and then your console. Oh man, that brings me back to when I the PS4 controller came out before the console. So I got it like two weeks before the console. So I just sit there sad with this thing <laughs> in my hand, being like, I wish it played with the PS3. <laughs> but it never did. So anyway, not a big article. Let's go to number four. People really seem to enjoy their PS5 console. This one comes from Push Square. Contrary to common opinion, there aren't a million PS5 consoles sitting in scalpers' warehouses. 
the system is outperforming the PS4 when launched aligned despite unprecedented demand leading to stock shortages. Need some proof? Well, according to Wired, owners have logged an outrageous 81% more playtime on the next-gen console than was achieved on the PS4 during the same post-launch period. There are a few contributing factors, of course. A global pandemic means people have been spending more time at home than ever before. Furthermore, backwards compatibility means the transition from PS4 to PS5 is much easier than the one from PS3 to PS4. At this point in the life cycle's last generation, we were still playing titles like Dark Souls 2 and Gran Turismo 6 on our creaky old PS3 systems. Okay, so that explains the massive increase in playtime, but it's also worth noting that PS5 has seen an 11% increase in game unit sales when compared to PS4 during the same period as well. Again, we point to the much stronger release schedules like Demon's Souls and Returnals, Destroy, Killzone, Shadowfall, and Knack. I mean, did anyone play Knack? Not that I know. But clearly these numbers show a much larger level of investment and engagement than ever before. Does this surprise anyone in a pandemic world? No. 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 That's why I don't even like, I don't even put any stock into the numbers because it's just, you you just can't, it's a pandemic. Everybody's at home. Like these figures, obviously they're accurate, but it's just, you you can't compare it. You can't compare it to the last uh, console, console launch. So I do think the one I take that I think is a success story it's not so much the 81% more log time. Cause I agree with you, Chris, like it's just, it's not, it's apples to oranges. Yeah. Um, it's the 11% increase in game unit sales. I, I think because oh, yeah. backwards compatibility, uh, being in this new console, like a lot of us didn't have to have our two consoles out or our three consoles out or whatever, you know, cause that what I do recall exactly what this article is suggesting is I had my PS4 out and I, Sorry, my PS3 at the time, and I used it way more than my PS4. Yeah, I had the same experience. And I also agree with what it does say about how the games are just way better right now compared to the other one. Like comparing to Knack and Killzone Shadowfall. I mean, I played Killzone Shadowfall, but I think it took me forever to beat because I just was so not interested in it. And Knack is whatever. It's Knack. So (laughs) compared to Demon's Souls and Returnal, like just destroys the other two. Though Knack 2 was something amazing. Pause for dramatic effect of my lie. <laughs> I never played Knack 2 either. Shock and awe. So Curtis, does it surprise you at all? Having not played either Killzone or Knack? Yes, can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Already I would say you're... Not that you're like foaming at the mouth for it, or but I would say like I know you're interested in Demon Souls and Returnal might tickle your fancy, or at least more so than Knack. I would play both of those if I had a console, absolutely. Yeah. I would be interested in your your take on Returnal. Um, I I like, too, how the article points out that everybody was playing Dark Souls 2 and Gran Turismo 6 on the PS3 systems. That might be a biased opinion. That's pretty biased, I think. Dark Souls 2, I can maybe give them that. Gran Turismo 6? Mm, (laughs) No. (laughs) I understand the appeal of it, but that's very select audience right there. It's a strong franchise, but yeah, that's a, that's a niche market in my opinion. But yeah, you know that me maybe that's me just being on the outside. I would say like Last of Us, as opposed to those ones. I think people probably were still playing that. Yeah, I mean, going forward, you know, with all the let's say that previous uh, article we touched on twenty five more 
exclusives coming, yada, yada, yada. We got Ratchet and Clank, uh, Clank on the horizon. That's still not out. Um, <laughs> still not out. Coming in just, I don't know, two, three weeks. Can't remember. Sometime in June. I, I'm pretty sure it's early June. Uh, but yeah, you'll be able to get that. I, I think that will have a high attachment rate because, again, it's another exclusive PS5 title. I think the more you do that, the more su- success you're going to see in your current console, right? So uh, hopefully we just keep seeing the numbers grow. I'm happy the PS5 is doing well, but we got to keep moving forward. So we go to number five. No Ubi stop. This one comes from VGC, Chris. In a statement issued to VGC on Wednesday, the Assassin's Creed publisher claimed that its stated intention to expand its free-to-play offerings does not mean it will be reducing the number of premium games it releases. In quotes, our intention is to deliver a diverse lineup of games that players will love across all platforms, a spokesperson told VGC. We are excited to be investing more in free-to-play experiences. However, we want to clarify that this does not mean reducing our AAA offering. Our aim is to continue to deliver premium experiences to players such as Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Riders Republic, and Skull and Bones, to name a few while also expanding our free-to-play portfolio and strengthening our brands to reach even more players. In Tuesday's full-year earnings call, Ubisoft CFO Frederick Duguet said the company's intention was to become less reliant on premium game releases by releasing more free-to-play experiences based on its biggest brands. In line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, sure, we are continuing on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs per year, he said. It is indeed no longer a proper indication of our value creation dynamics. For example, our expectation for Just Dance and Riders Republic are consistent with some of the industry's AAA performers. Additionally, we are building high-end free-to-play games. Say that in a sentence. To be be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term, he added. This is purely a financial communication evolution and doesn't change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases. And it continues, and it confirmed that its earnings call that it has no AAA game scheduled for release during the second half of the fiscal year, which includes the Christmas season, kill me now. So it's just so much fluff. I've never seen more fluff in a statement ever. It is Ubisoft, so they're probably going to charge you later for a microtransaction to skim the article down. Yeah, I feel like I just got hit with a pillow. That's how much fluff I got. <laughs> so I think, Chris, you kind of like you kind of owned it there. Um, it's just a lot of corporate speak, probably some of the most corporate speak we've ever seen on the show to date. And it might be just a lot of jargon, in my opinion. I, I unfortunately, you know, surprise, surprise, critical Steve, I don't have a lot of faith in Ubisoft recently. I am I'm one of the tinfoil hats when it comes to this whole conversation of free-to-play games because I don't put a lot of stock in these free-to-play games. I don't have no interest in them. Uh, much like my you know experience with games of a service, I just I'm not interested in these anymore. I like most of their AAA experiences, but you know I think we can all well actually all three of us can talk about our experiences with Valhalla like. That's a AAA experience, and what happened there? We still have a game that's, I wouldn't even say, 100% up and running to this date. Watch Dogs Legion, how badly did that come out? 
Uh, so what is my faith in a free-to-play game if they can't get their AAAs together? Uh, not very good. <laughs> I don't know, like, do you disagree with me, Chris? When I hear free-to-play, it usually means mobile game, and I think I don't think any of us are mobile gamers, to be honest. Like, I, I hate playing games on my phone. I, I think Steve's kind of in the same boat. I'm not sure about Curtis if you play games on your phone or not. So the me being interested in this is, like, already spiraling, uh, like there are there are good free to play games out there. I will break that mold and say there are some good ones. Uh, Apex is great. Uh, I never played Fortnite, but obviously they're doing something right. Uh, so I mean, you can make it work. It's just there's a there's a proper moral way to do it, and all the companies choose the Im- immoral way. In my opinion, they they just want they just charge for every other piece of anything if they could charge for like new textures they would charge you for new textures so i mean yeah uh and the latest triple a's out of ubisoft have been i mean we know their formula they do big open world games there's a lot of fluff content in the games to be honest side quests that just go nowhere or they just don't matter i don't know i feel like i'm rambling right now it's just i'm not i Hearing all this crap just makes me think they're going to focus on mobile games, which is not, I'm not the target audience for this. So, yeah, like it's uh, disappointing that really nothing's coming out. And actually, a little very smallest, smallest tangent is my Valhalla fixed itself with the last patch. I can actually finish, continue off from where my game broke. So that's good. Um, but yeah, like it's very poor in my opinion track record especially lately and not putting any effort into triple a is kind of sad but at least not at the moment like it's not to say nothing's coming but there there's there's nothing about free to play that makes me really want to do anything like it's it seems just all it seems to me is it's a way for them to try to incorporate microtransactions and much more money like yes it's a free game but it's also very easy to spend a ass ton of money on something like that but absolutely i think going back to chris's point he made you know of successful games and his examples of like apex legends or fortnite do you think those successes are different because we're talking about a um a battle royale type game it's it's easy Something like that, at least it's a competitive game. You can play with your friends. It's something that keeps bringing you back. But if you're just doing like, what, a dungeon crawler kind of thing, something on a mobile, like those, they'll last you maybe, what, a week. But then what's really keeping you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard for me to think about investing in something. Like, let's go, for example, The Division's getting, I think, a new free-to-play game. I believe they're titling it something like Heartland or something. And that's, I think, going to be the first example of this free-to-play, like, market, I guess. I just, like, my fear is going into that. If it's not successful, it's not selling the microtransactions that they want because that's how you make money on a free-to-play game. You know, how much do you invest in it? Because if it's not successful, then they're not going to be adding new content. Well, it's not even that. It's just how how much of the game is going to be actually playable completable regularly is it going to be just like a typical free-to-play game where it's just a grind unless you pay 
Like if that's if it's and that just is a, an example. If it's just a that's scheme, an example yeah. we see. Sorry, yeah, because like we you know we can talk about Destiny two getting free of Activision and what did they go right to is making transmog even apparently there's an update this last week that now that it's rolled out it's even worse than people are already mad about when they read it mm-hmm. so you're right absolutely things could be just the big grindiest grind we've ever imagined and then it's just like what's the justification for playing this even though it is free to play you didn't lose anything except again if you invested and bought a skin but now you don't want to play the game so you feel like you kind of spend money for nothing and you know it all happens i did it too right i've bought in cosmetics for marvel's avengers and later been like that probably wasn't worth 14 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know it's interesting i think we're all a little pessimistic but uh you know with their current track record yeah i'm a little worried and they did come out and try to update and say no no you're still getting your triple a's but as the end of the article suggested you know we don't know of any big title coming out except for far cry 6 so and, you know, eventually a Rainbow Six uh, predecessor, but who knows? But anyway, let's go to something a little more uplifting. Last article of the day, number six, PSVR 2. Yes, please. This one comes from Push Square. Curtis. The next-gen PSVR headset Sony has already announced for PlayStation 5 sounds like a quantum leap compared to its rudimentary PS4 predecessor. That's assuming an exclusive report published by Upload VR is accurate, which cites reliable sources, quote-unquote. Apparently, the platform holder has been briefing developers on the headset's features, which makes sense considering it did mention prototype hardware would be sent out soon. What are the key key details then? Well, it allegedly has a resolution of 4000 by 2040, which is an enormous boost compared to the previous PSVR's headsets 1920 by 1080, and gaze tracking capable of foveated rendering. The latter could be a game changer. In layman's terms, it means that the headset may be able to detect where you're looking, meaning that developers can render the objects you're focusing on in higher detail. Pair this with the PS5 super fast SSD, and we're already drooling. Here's another interesting feature. Apparently, there's a motor in the headset itself, which is capable of haptic feedback similar to the DualSense. We already know that the device, as Chris is shaking on camera, great. <laughs> we already know that the device's new controllers will share technology with the PS5 pad, but further, but furthering sensations to the head and scalp should make games even more immersive. Wouldn't that be weird, just playing a horror game, just feeling someone's fingers, like... Oh. Yeah. Although, Especially, like, the back of your head, right? That would be... Yeah. Although, yeah. obviously, it'll need to be delicately done. Research suggests that some form of feedback when synchronized with movement can help with motion sickness too, as a sensation of rumbling tricks the brain into thinking you're actually walking. As that's, cool. that's cool. That is cool. As we already know, the next-gen PSVR will leverage a single cord from the console's USB Type-C port to the headset, and the controllers will be tracked using cameras on the unit itself. This will allow you to face away from your television without losing tracking, and even putting the pads behind your back. It will also drastically improve the setup process, as you will no longer need to have a PS camera on your TV cabinet or desk. Thumbs up. That all sounds like a win-win to me. I don't know what you guys like. Chris, you're the only one here that has a PSVR headset currently. Yeah. So does this tickle the fancies? Yeah. (laughs) A lot of that stuff that you said sounds really, really cool. I'm super excited for it. I mean, the only big wish list item is wireless, but I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, whatever. I mean, there, if they can I make think, it work, 
and the yeah. cable is like easily like the cable that's with the current VR system. It can get in the way. Uh, it's pretty thick cable, so it's like constantly smacking you when you're running around or dancing or doing whatever you're doing. But mm-hmm. uh, if they can make it a little bit more user friendly, maybe like clips or something, so you could clip it to your like shirt or your pants. Even that would be nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff, like without the camera, the resolution, that the, the that's really cool about the um, the motion sickness thing because there's a yes. lot of people that get that. Uh, if they're able to make that not as an effect on the person, that that's mm-hmm. really cool stuff. All very cool stuff. Smart, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hearing everything and like, you know, hearing Curtis talk to me here, uh, I like everything he's saying. I the resolution like it almost sounds like one of those situations where it's too good to be true. But then I also think about like, yeah, would it be nice to have the wireless, but hearing all the specs, if this can be believed it's already sounding like it's going to be $3,000. So I'm like, maybe going wireless, you're right. Let's hold some things back because I don't need it to be the $4,000. But I'm really excited. Like, this might be my first VR unit I buy. Um, I like everything I'm hearing, the DualSense stuff, like how they just want to double down. We saw those controllers a month or two ago. They looked incredible. The fact that you don't need the camera anymore because the headset itself is going to track your, your like controllers like that. Everything's just sounding great. Um, too great. Like I said, I'm, I'm optimistically, uh, like, I don't know. I'm just worried, yeah. but I, I really want to believe this. Cause yeah, even looking at like all these specs and I'm not the expert in VR. I have no idea like what the, the best top of the line one has for specs, but I don't know if any of them have a resolution that high and even all like the, yeah. the haptic stuff, like it does not mention, and I might not remember it from when it was announced but it does not mention anything about a refresh rate like it might still be 60 hertz it might That's be true. 120 yep. we don't actually know question mark but all these things like these are all features that i'm pretty sure is not in any other headset right now so that's if it is true then yeah holy shit that's crazy yes yeah i mean if i guess i'll ask you guys before we close out this uh, last article but reading this if this all is true and you know becomes physical in front of your face like would you consider buying this yes absolutely yes yeah, for me as well that's a that's a three for three right there even though i don't even use the current one that much but more or less i was put off about because of the whole hdr issue with the first one yeah and i didn't want to keep constantly hooking it up and unhooking in this stupid thing um but if it was easy where i could just walk up and pick it up and play a game i'd be well, using just- it a lot more plug the USB-C right into the front of the console and walk, like you're yeah, done, right? Yeah, no exactly. camera, no, oh, is the lighting? Well, we'll still see. I guess the lighting could still be an issue, um, but we'll have to see. But at least your placement isn't so dependent because I do remember having a few issues of like, oh, I lean too far this way. Yeah. You're so, out of your square. Exactly. So yeah, I think we're all very positive on it. Again, if this comes true, well, hopefully those are in fact, quote unquote, reliable sources (laughs) but uh anyway we're running long on the tooth so we're going to go we're done with the articles we're just going to go into homework so what is homework homework's when we don't have enough time for all these interesting articles that came out this week so we just give you the locations and the article titles and you can go educate yourselves and we're all better for it so we'll start with sega says it plans to release a super game within the next five years that one comes from vgc and uh yeah i'd hope so in the next five years it sounds like 
they just wrote something on a napkin and they're like, this could be big boys. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to announce it here first. I'm going to release a game in the next 40 years. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But it, not only a game, Chris, a super game. Super game. Uh, following up that, we have E3 2021's online app will feature virtual booths, leaderboards, and more. That one also comes from VGC. And yeah, just more stuff to get you hyped for E3, which is less than a month away now, guys. Yay. Uh, my Super Bowl, as I call it. Ubisoft Skull and Bones delayed to late 2022. This one comes from Kotaku. Another reason why our Ubisoft love might be a little low right now, because uh, that game has been in purgatory for some time now. <laughs> Good Lord, is it hard to make a pirate game. Insomniac, nothing... Sorry, this is something that an Insomniac said. Nothing really stopping us from working on Sunset Overdrive, and that's from Push Square. Didn't even realize there was a way to continue that. Such a tease. Yeah. Sony's Soho Engine trademark now registered in Japan. That comes from Push Square. What would that even be applied to? What game? Uh, apparently, Engine. London Studios used to be part of the Soho team or something like that. And uh, basically, like this registered trademark thing has popped up in a couple different locations now, and nobody really knew what it meant, what the engine's for. Uh, but yeah, now it's coming to Japan. This is the first update we've gotten in a while. So people are excited to see like, what is this going to be used on? Is it in fact Studio London uh, and their next game? Is it, you know, a VR engine? We're not too sure, but it's kind of exciting just to see anything. And from House Marquee, they're searching for a Returnal autosave solution. This comes from IGN. Please God do it. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I mean... I know what they need to do, and I think they know what they need to do, but people got to give them a break. It's not like it's a switch they can flip, and it's just like, oh, we could save now. It's 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 going to take some work for them to implement it. I, I, I do th think go they're ahead. going a little too hard on, like, we don't want people to cheat the system. I'm like, guys, this isn't the Olympics. Who gives a crap if one, like, a little minority of people are going to use this to exploit the game? Like, let it go. Like, as long as you're hardcore players that really like this game, you're making it better for them. I say do that. Yeah. You know? The goal is just to be able to like, I should be able to save the game as of where I am. So I, if I want to play something else or if my house d decides, hey, I'm going to lose power, I shouldn't have to lose my progress. Well, and even so. if you get another um, update from like for your like Sony, like your PlayStation has an update yeah. and it auto does it because by default, that is now an option turned on. Yeah. You don't lose your progress, right? The system does it. The games do, do it. Uh, yeah. I But it, I understand it's not an easy solution. So Oh, for sure. I get I get it. Remedy's AAA game with Epic, which might be an Alan Wake 2, <laughs> is soon entering full production. This one comes from VGC. I can hope. I think you and Curtis are very excited for this. Yeah, I would be. Hope. I don't even care that it would be on Epic. <laughs> Square Enix sales reach record 3BN. Uh, this one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Uh, I don't think anybody's surprised about this, even though they've made a lot of shit lately. Uh, the shit still makes money. So That's true. Uh, and then uh, Sony announced the Days of Play 2021 uh, there's PlayStation deals, competitions, discounts, and more. Uh, you can find more about this on the PlayStation blog. Essentially, you could go to their website, sign up, and you'll participate in community events. What are the community events that I've seen? Put Pretty much play multiple games, put lots of hours into the games, and you will have a chance to get community rewards such as cosmetic themes, 
avatars and I, maybe something else. I don't know. I can't wait to get those themes I can't use on my PS5. Yeah. The avatars. Oh, those I'm like avatars. probably the only one that that upsets, but I'm like, the fact that we lost themes again, you know, that, you know, it came out on PS3. I loved it in PS3. I think I had heavy rain as my theme all the time. And then it's like PS4 came out. No themes again. Then they brought back themes again. Yay. Okay. I got all my themes. And then PS5 comes up. No themes again. I'm like, come on, just stop it. Just let me have themes. It's free money for them. I'll pay for them. Like, God damn it. Everyone in the world that wants microtransactions and they don't want to take my money. Those animated themes, they drained resources. Console couldn't perform. Gotta go. I don't, I don't know how they would do themes on the PS5 because they have those like the tiles for each game and it pops up like a splash screen. I don't even know what what would you have to click on to actually see your theme. I don't. My even hope know, would huh? be like, I guess you're right. Like there there would have to be weird tweaks, but like my thought is like, could they instead of having your whole screen, is it just like a translucent little box like above your theme? Maybe like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they would do it. And would it matter again? Maybe I just don't know the numbers. Maybe it didn't make a big enough difference on the PS4 for them to justify or care. Again, I, I think I could be the minority here. So Yeah, I mean, I like them too. I have the Heavy Rain one still on my PS3. So uh, the good. South Park one was also good. That was fun. Oh, yeah, and, that was fun. And then on PS4, I actually bought the uh, the PS2 boot up uh, oh. theme, which I, I, think it was, I think it was called PlayStation Legacy theme or something. Mm-hmm. I, I love that thing. It, was, it just looks good. I remember the PlayStation 20 year. Uh, anniversary, anniversary one. one i think yeah. it was it was like the playstation one which is nice yeah um but anyway we finished our homework that means we finished the show that is it for this week that means you will have to wait until next monday for the next episode so thank you for joining us thanks for listening to our shenanigans uh we appreciate your time because your time is your most valuable currency so until next week we are saying goodbye goodbye bye bye, bye. <laughs> oh you took it from me <laughs>